Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What a win by the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday. They are back on the winning path. And tonight, we'll break down some of the biggest takeaways from the week four win over the New England Patriots. Here we go. What is up, everyone? And welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central. And as always, remember, to, ch- uh, to hit the like button, excuse me, hit the thumbs up. Every, every single one of them puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans, and it goes a long way in helping me out. What's up, everyone? Hope that you guys enjoyed Sunday night's win. Uh, not Sunday night, Sunday night football-wise, but, you know, Sunday afternoon's win over the New England Patriots. It was a fun one, 38-3. And there's a lot to break down, good stuff. Some bad stuff, we can call it that, yeah. But take it for what it is. The Cowboys blew out the New England Patriots when they badly, badly needed a bounce-back game. And they delivered. They got the get-right win. They did so without any shred of a doubt because they beat the Patriots by 35. That's the worst Bill Belichick loss ever. And... The three wins that the Cowboys have had so far have all been dominant. Does that erase what happened versus the Cardinals in week three? Maybe not erased. Maybe not erased, but it sure as heck matters that the Cowboys left that behind them in the rearview mirror and did so in all three phases of the game. Because today what you saw was good offense, good defense, And pretty good special teams as well. And we'll talk about that too tonight on the show. So welcome everyone. Let's talk about it. Thank you for being here. Let me say hi really quickly in the chat. We've got Danny Savage. We've got Toxic Tom. Toxic Joy Vela. We've got Danny Savage. Bruce. Katharina. Happy birthday to Katharina. She's saying that she got her birthday win. And that is a Cowboys win. What's up man though? Thank you for joining the show as well. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for being here. So let's start, man, let's start with the thumbnail from YouTube because I played around with it and I put Super Bowl trait shown because I do believe those dominant wins are a Super Bowl trait. Like something that contenders will consistently do is win games by putting them away. That is one of the biggest things that you can show that it doesn't really matter if the opponent is weak because, you know, people will say, well, the Patriots have a terrible offensive line. That's what the Patriots look. That's why the Cowboys look the way that they did. But don't make the mistake of ignoring that the Cowboys won the game by 35. 
and they beat the Giants and the Jets in similar fashions. <clears throat> so you know that all these matters very much. Now, let's get to the details of tonight's game. Honestly, what I liked the most had to be defensively, the fact that the Cowboys held the Patriots to under three yards per carry. That's got to be one of your biggest takeaways to the game. So we're going to start a little bit with the defense here. Rachmandri Stevenson, lead back for the Patriots, 2.1 yards per rush. His longest run in the game was six yards. Ezekiel Elliott had 16 yards in six attempts, 2.7 in average per carry. The Cowboys were not having it today. Uh, and that was kind of one of the things that they wanted, you wanted to have answered after whatever happened in Arizona. There are some differences to the Patriots and the Cardinals rushing games, of course. The Patriots are not going to use a whole lot of motion like the Cardinals did. Uh, Mac Jones is not a mobile quarterback, so that isn't going to be a factor in the game. But the Cowboys had the Patriots offense rattled. They couldn't get the wrong game going. In the first drive for the Patriots, they did have a couple of explosive plays, which put them in scoring position. And they ended up holding the Patriots to three in that drive. And then the Patriots didn't get much farther than that any other time at all. Because if you look at the Patriots possession list here, man, a lot of times they didn't even get into the Cowboys' territory. A lot of the times. So you got to give it to the defense. It's not only the fact that they eliminated the Patriots' rushing attack, but in coverage, man, oh, man. At one point in the game, heck, not only at one point in the game, listen to this. Listen to this, because this is actually how the game ended up. There was only one guy on the Patriots roster. There was only one guy with more catches than De'Ron Bland. Hunter Henry had four catches for New England. The rest of the other guys did not exceed three catches in the game. Now, Mac Jones did spread the football around. Demario Douglas got two catches. Kendrick Byrne did as well. Devante Parker did as well. Stevenson and Elliott both each got two. Both and each got two. So they did spread the football around, but there wasn't a single weapon on the Patriots' offense that stood up versus this Cowboys' defense. Hunter Henry had his moments. Let, let's uh, give it to him. But they were on land, two interceptions, leading the Cowboys' defensive effort Amazing game from him playing on the outside. And Mac Jones did make like the wrong decisions in those plays, but I also think De'Ron Bland delivered on the expectations by breaking into those throws that were both outside throws. One was like a flat. The other one was like an outbreaking route too. And De'Ron Bland was right on them. Those two interceptions, one went for a pick six, are going to be talked about a whole lot. But really, throughout the entire game, he didn't allow anything to happen. And it goes for the entire Cowboys secondary, honestly. There were some big plays here and there. Jaron Kears gave up a play with uh, Hunter Henry over the middle of the field. He, even, he was even called for a flag, and yet it, yet it didn't matter. But for the most part, man, the Cowboys absolutely eliminated the Patriots offense from today. And you got to respect that a whole lot because even if it's a boring offense like toxic tom says here in the chat which i agree with they don't do a whole lot of stuff this was still a very dominant game 4.6 yards per, per play i don't think tells the whole story 
Danny Savage says, was it me or did it seem like a long game? If it did, I believe it's because we went through a second half in which not a whole lot happened, right? The game was 28 to 3 by halftime, and then it ended up being 38 to 3 by the end of the game. So maybe that's why I would assume. And there wasn't really a lot of situations where the Patriots were threatening the Cowboys, if that makes sense too. So maybe that was the reason why. I, I did feel by the end of the fourth quarter, I was like, man, not a whole lot. There, there's not a whole lot to add to my article. There's not a whole lot to add to my post-game show that I do in Spanish. So I, I do share that sentiment a little bit there. Now, defensively speaking, I really don't think there's a single thing that you can hold against the Cowboys. The Dante Fowler Jr. play, where he is rushing the right tackle. And we knew coming into the game that the Patriots had a very weak spot at right tackle with Bedarian Lowe. Some Patriots fans still argue about why the right guard was made a right guard in the first place because he was supposed to be the right tackle at the beginning. So they've had a disaster going on in that particular aspect of the offensive line. But Dante Fowler destroys the guy and ends up getting the strip sack on Mac Jones. Leighton Van Der Esch right there to return it for a touchdown. But Mac Jones was really pressured throughout the entire game. Mac Jones was what? Sacked one time. Actually, I'm surprised by how little times he was sacked. But he was hit consistently, wasn't he? He wasn't even hit that much now that you look at the numbers, but he was under consistent pressure, though. Getting rid of the football quickly might have avoided the QB hits, but he was out there getting rid of the football under pressure and not very efficiently, completing only 12 attempts in the entire game. The Cowboys dominated that game from start to finish, and it happened at several portions of the offensive line. Jim Newton says the amount of pressures we had actually made it seem like we had more sacks. I'm absolutely stunned by looking at the stat sheet right now and seeing one sack pop up for Mac Jones. There was another one on Bailey Sapi late in the game, but still, I agree with Jim. Like The fact that he was under consistent pressure would have led me to believe that there was more than one sack. I'm impressed by the fact that it was just one, uh, two, excuse me. Then you got the special teams effort going on, like Joey Vela says here in the chat. And this is not defensively, of course, but it, it, it is worth mentioning it. That play with Brian Anger faking the field goal, tossing the football to Chauncey Goldston wide open for the touchdown. That kind of stuff, you love to see it. But I absolutely enjoy that it happened versus none other than Bill Belichick. Like, if you are out coaching Bill Belichick on special teams, you're doing something right. And the Cowboys did just that today by catching them off guard. And it's just a two-point conversion play, but still, I think it's kind of like something that really gets the team going after such a disastrous loss in Week 3. So that was awesome, awesome to see. Now, going back to the defense, though, I think that Damon Clark, Leighton Van Der Esch, had some good moments as well after a very long game last week. Van der Esch had seven combined tackles. Four of them were solo tackles. 
And then Clark had six combined tackles as well. But there was even one play where Clark is shooting through the gap through the backside of the play and just getting the tackle for loss. And they just seemed much more comfortable versus these Patriots running game that they did last year's uh, last week, excuse me. So big W's overall for the entire defense. Now, do you guys have a complaint about whatever happened today? Because I think that when we get to the offense, things might get a little bit more controversial in the chat. Let me know in the chat if there is anything at all that you didn't like from the Cowboys' blowout loss. Because, man, they sure started on the right foot. Cowboys did. And I believe some people are going to overthink this whole thing throughout the rest of the week. But I still like what we saw from the Cowboys' offense overall. Dak Prescott completing over 80% of his attempts, 261 yards, one touchdown. We saw Jake Ferguson break out today. And we want consistency with Ferguson. It's never been about, can he have a day like this? We've seen it before. I think it's more about, can he do it consistently? Still, six catches in the first half for 66 yards was pretty amazing. No drops, the big-time catch over the seam with the crashing safety just laying the boom on him and him holding on to the football the way that he did. That is exactly what you want to see from Ferguson moving forward. The problem is going to be the consistency of it. Hopefully, it doesn't become an issue. But Ferguson, I believe what the Cowboys have been missing in a big way has been that tight end weapon. And as I said, it's more about consistency because we know that Ferguson can make these catches. We know that he can gain yards after the catch. But damn, the consistency has been the issue throughout the season. Ferguson was perfect, though, on Sunday. He really was. 7 for 7, 77 yards. Again, 66 of those came in the first half alone. He didn't even have to play that much in the third and fourth quarter. So good stuff there for the Cowboys. Quiet day for C.D. Lamp other than the 20-yard touchdown at the beginning of the game. And by the way, for some odd reason, the NFL is not accounting that as a red zone touchdown. How crazy is it? Like on their official game book, they have the play starting at the 20-yard line. They have Dak Prescott's throw to C.D. Lamp as a 20-yard touchdown, yet it was not counted as a red zone trip. Maybe they are thinking that it was more in the 21-yard line than the 20. And maybe that's what's going on there. But still, the official book says the Cowboys went 1-for-4 in the red zone. I would say they went 2-for-5. But that's just me. I thought that was an odd thing. But the red zone was an issue again. Let's just say it. And let's get into your comments here about do you or do you not have a complaint about the offense? And Toxic Tom does. He says the offensive line play, Mr. 2306 says Leighton Van Der Esch is not good. And we can have that a conversation. We can save that for another time. Kenneth says, I am already thinking about the 49ers. And, and I don't blame you, Kenneth. I have some thoughts at the end of this show about that game. Danny says, yeah, why Micah was playing 38-3 when he was hurt. I was so pissed at that. I was so pissed at seeing Michael Parsons out there on defense <laughs> late in the game because, man, think about the timing of it. Bailey Sappy was already playing quarterback for the Patriots. And then 
when that defensive drive ended, Cooper Rush took the fuck to the freaking field. Excuse me, <laughs> man. Sorry about that. That's gonna be blooped. Uh, took the the freaking field, and uh, <laughs> that's how pissed I was when watching the show, when watching the game. So why was Micah out there? It didn't make any sort of sense. So I agree with Danny Savage. I was very pissed at that. Like people that I was watching the game with can testify to this. I was watching with my brother, who's a diehard Patriots fan, and I was like losing it, man. I was like losing it. Like, why the heck is Micah in there? Right? So I I, I do I do feel that from, from Danny Savage there. <laughs> Sorry about the near near F bomb. We avoided it. We avoided it like like pros that we are. Katharina says, we could have gotten more points in the red zone. It wasn't bad. Otherwise, the Cowboys did great today. And they sure had. They sure could have. And I'm looking forward to diving into the all 22 when it comes out. But it was weird. It definitely was another underwhelming performance in the red zone because the opportunities came, right? There was the one where the Cowboys were sacked on four and three. That drive was also a little bit frustrating. I think we need to have a conversation about Deuce Vaughn a little bit, maybe, because Vaughn struggled in the pass pro area of things, and he didn't really make any plays. So I, I wonder if we need to see a little bit more of Hunter Lipke right now than we need to see of Deuce Vaughn. Of course, you want to give him a chance. We all love Deuce, but that pass pro rep where he failed miserably, that makes you think a little bit. That makes you think that it might cost him some offensive snaps. And not only that, I don't think he's getting a whole lot of playing time as a special teamer either. So I wonder if Bond's snap count and maybe even like inactive games maybe could become a thing if there is no contribution for it from him on offense or on special teams. Again, Wanna catch? Wanna uh, cut him some slack? Wanna give him some time? But today's rep in pass pro was not what you wanted to see from him at all. And you can go all, oh, we all we knew all along, but we had some questions. We didn't know if Deuce Vaughn was gonna struggle in pass pro or not. We thought he might because of the size and everything, but you gotta see it. And then in his college football tape. There was not a, a whole lot to go off from because he didn't get a lot of pass pro reps in the first place. So we'll see. We'll see how the Cowboys play that whole thing. Rico Dowdle was injured today, suffered a hip injury, was ruled out for the game. He has had a hip injury in the past, so it makes it a little bit more of a concern. But according to Patrick Walker from DallasCowboys.com, Rico's x-ray came back negative and he will have an MRI tomorrow to determine if there's an injury to be concerned about or not there. Now, that's all on, on offense. Um, let's, let's stick with the offense here for a little bit because I liked Jalen Tolbert's catch. Uh, it was only four catches for him, 53 receiving yards. But in the first half, he had like an 18-yard grab where he gained yards after the catch. Wasn't an easy play by all means. And he was showing up. So you wanted to see a little bit more of Jalen Tolbert. And I believe that we got it. He even had more receiving yards than CeeDee Lamb did today. 
About that CeeDee Lamb touchdown, by the way, I think that the Cowboys were very timely with that shot to the end zone. Christian Gonzalez goes down from the Patriots. And Gonzalez is the top guy in New England, even if he's a rookie. At that point, the Patriots were down their three starting cornerbacks. And what do you see the next play? And of course, it's unfortunate. I, I hate that Christian Gonzalez was injured. I talked about that matchup so much here on the show. I was really excited to see a little bit more of it. But goes down. Next play. The Cowboys line up CeeDee Lamb out wide. And he spends most of the time in the slot. So I think that was definitely by design. CeeDee takes a, the wide position. And there you go. 20-yard faith for, from Dak Prescott. Hit him in stride. Dime of a throw. Touchdown. Again, in the books, that will not go down as a red zone touchdown unless they make a correction after the game. I don't get why it's not showing up as a red zone touchdown, but maybe it's also because of the drive or something because he was second and five or something like that, I guess. But that was a, a red zone touchdown for Dallas, essentially. So that counts. And then we saw a very, very precise Dak Prescott, guys. There was this stat from NextGen Stats that showed that Dak Prescott had a completion percentage overexpected of over 10%. That is his seventh game with that mark over the last two seasons. And let me put this in perspective real quick. No other quarterback has more than five games with a completion percentage over 10%. No other QB has more than five, and Dak Prescott has seven now. Only two guys have more than three. So if you're out there banging the table, complaining about Dak Prescott's games, and complaining about his quarterback play. That might be a you problem, guys. That might be a you problem. The Cowboys have a quarterback, and it ha he happens to be very good at what he does. That is a strength of the team, not a weakness. And today was another reminder of it. And if the reasoning for some reason is that the Cowboys are not getting the football into the end zone for touchdowns when they are on the red zone, when they are in the red zone, answer me this. Does it mean that Dak was the MVP last year when they had the number one red zone offense in the league? Or, or, or is that not what matters when then that's the conversation? Because, man, Dak Prescott is one of the strengths of the football team. And it's pretty, not, not frustrating. Like, I, I have come to learn that we will never agree. Like people who don't like Dak Prescott will never like him. Doesn't matter if the Cowboys go undefeated, run the table and win the Super Bowl. They're not going to like him. They're going to find something to say about him. But I'm just saying, I say, friend, it's getting ridiculous now. It's, it's reaching a, a level that is quite ridiculous. So I say, friend, I'm telling you, stop. <laughs> Be better. The guy had a great game versus the Patriots, by the way. As I said, over 80% completion. And not only that, but you see the overexpected numbers and they're still amazing. More than any other QB in the league. More, more games since 2022 with over 10% plus completion percentage over expectations. That's huge. And by the way, he did have some very nice throws today. 
That throw to Luke Schoonmaker that was dropped in the end zone, that was a freaking dime. It wasn't an easy catch to make, I'll say that. It was a drop, though. It was a drop. Not going to say that Luke Schoonmaker was facing the easiest play of his career, but that's a play that you got to make. You, you got to make. And uh, I think that was one of his best throws the entire game because it was also over the seam, right into the hands of the tight end. There was a throw also over the seam to Jake Ferguson that he did bring down, right? He did go up in the air, brought it down, took the hit of the safety. A lot of quick throws again, and that's something that I wanted to say today. I think that the Cowboys last week really ignored the intermediate passing game, and that wasn't the case now. That wasn't the case on on Sunday. There were a lot of catches between 10 and 15 yards. There were about, what, one, two, three, four, five, I'm seeing, five completions between 10 and 15 yards. So that area was a little bit ignored, in my opinion, versus the Cardinals. It was either the super short, quick throw, quick game concept, or it was the max protect, dropping back and throwing a bomb. And now we saw a lot more versatility. Mike McCarthy said that he had exaggerated because of the backup offensive linemen, and he had taken away the verticality of the Cowboys offense. It felt back on Sunday while also giving Dak Prescott the easy answers in the quick game as well. Gotta love it. Great game from Dak Prescott. Great game from the Cowboys offense. And that's really what you want moving forward into the 49ers game. Now, there is one bet that the Cowboys made before the game even began that it's set up to pay off for them. It's set up to pay off for them. And I'm not sure that I agreed with the bet that they made before we saw the results. At the moment, I wasn't a fan of it. But I'm talking about what happened with Tyler Smith. Not a surprise, but Tyron Smith did not play on Sunday. The Tyron Smith did not play on Sunday, which really set up the Cowboys for decision time regarding where do you play number 73. As expected, they kept him at guard. But some of us didn't really like that idea, right? Because we talked about, man, you can keep him outside and have Chuma play inside, and then that's your best offensive line combination. The Cowboys, though, opted for the other option, which was keep Tyler Smith at guard. And then when we get to the 49ers game, because it does seem like they are expecting him back for the Niners game, when we get there, then we're making one change to the offensive line, which is swapping Chuma Doga for Tyron instead of Moving Tyler from the outside to inside, that's one move. And then putting Tyron on the outside, that's two moves. That's two different players changing uh, a spot, right? So the Cowboys bet for continuity over the best combination for the offensive line in week four. And they didn't need Tyron in week four. Chuma didn't have a very pretty game, but they still won by 35. So I think that the Cowboys are going to collect in that bet, it's going to be a win for them. 
Again, not necessarily one that we agreed to going into the game, but they played the long game and it might work out for them. So good for the Cowboys in that sense. Talk success, and that this is why I wanted Smith gone off this team and a legit replacement. He is going to get hurt. Fair. I'll say fair, but here goes the counterpoint. Could you really have built a better offensive line than what the Cowboys are planning on getting on the field? And yes, I understand Toxic's point here because we have not seen that combination on the offensive line yet. We have not seen this Cowboys O-line healthy for one single game. But you are likely not getting anything better if you don't go down this route in an ideal world. And I understand that's where the complaint comes from, which I'm saying, like, I kind of agree with it. But I'm not sure that you would have gotten the, the better option. So I, I, I see where the Cowboys' mindset is coming from because, man, in my opinion, Tyron Smith is still the guy when he is healthy. The problem is him being healthy. I do understand that. <clears throat> Let's see here in the chat, though. I'm fighting through the cold, by the way. If you can see, if you can notice that, I'm fighting through the flu because, of course, we needed to have prime time on, on game day. Let's see here. Uh, I want to read one that I missed that I'm I cannot find anymore. This this is it from Marcus. He says Patrick Mahomes spent the last year or two dinking and dinking his way to wins, but again, that has to move mountains around here. Now, I, I do get what Marcus is is saying here. Respect to Patrick Mahomes. That guy is QB one in the NFL now. Yeah, even, even with the rough moments that he might have here and there, he's still the best QB in the NFL today. But Dak does seem to get a very unfair treatment in the NFL landscape, for sure. By the way, this is just a tweet that I saw from Todd Arker. The Cowboys have won 10 straight home games. That's their longest home streak since winning 11 in a row at Texas Stadium between 1991 and 1992. That's a crazy stat, yet unsurprising. Injuries-wise, though, Michael Parsons seems to be okay. He even re-entered the game, played more than maybe he had to, as we argued about earlier today. Zach Martin also seems to be okay, seems to have avoided any serious injury. That's a list according to Jerry Jones's comments. And Rico Dowdle, as I said, MRI coming through on Monday, but the x-rays were negative. So maybe that's a good sign for Rico. That's only the that's the only three injuries that the Cowboys had to fight through today. And, and you know, I mean fight through half-heartedly because Zach exited the game late in the late in the second half. Same for Micah re-entered the game, so you know that he was fine right away. I really didn't even notice the Rico Dowdle injury. Like, I was caught off guard by that when the updates came through. Again, two interceptions from Dayron Bland. Good stuff from him. Want to go back and watch the old 22 to see how Jordan Lewis performed as well. Because I didn't really felt like his name was called a whole lot. So maybe that's a good sign for Jordan Lewis. Seemed like maybe he had a good game. But we'll see what the old 22 says when we check it out tomorrow. For now, though, 
Quick takeaways, though. Uh, quick recap slash new takeaways that maybe were left hanging. Dak Prescott had a very good game despite red zone struggles for the offense. Jake Ferguson, amazing stuff from him on offense. That's what you want to see. Seven for seven in terms of targets and catches. That's what you want. I think that the whole secondary played good. Danny's mentioning Gilmore in the chat. I agree with Danny. The whole secondary played a good game. As we said, Darren Bland was the only guy with more catches. With uh, Excuse me, Hunter Henry was the only guy with more catches than Darren Bland. So big game for the Cowboys secondary. I think that the linebackers had their moments, which is what you wanted to see after a very slow game in Arizona. Defensive line, of course, did its thing. They're back. Neville Gallimore had some moments in this game. Jonathan Hankins had some stops as well. And in that QB sneak from Mac Jones, Mossy Smith was doing his thing in the middle of the defensive line. He was winning that push a little bit there. So shout out to the first round rookie. And then Leighton Van Der Esch was there to push Mac Jones down, which is what you want to do versus the QB sneak. So that's another positive that we hadn't mentioned today so far. Special teams, Brandon Aubrey, guys. Brandon Aubrey. Did not expect that beginning to his career. Another perfect day. And man, we missed the opportunity to see him go for 66 yards because of the false start. That was one of the few moments that really frustrated me. Because it was like, are you kidding me? I wanted to see that from Brandon Aubrey. We didn't get to. That's life in the NFL. But we would have gotten an answer there a little bit about his range. And of course, maybe we would have, wouldn't have expected him to make it. But would it be close? Would it not be close? That would have been fun to see. We know that the reason why the Cowboys really liked Aubrey at first was the power. So, man, I really wanted to see that play, though. Obviously, 71 yards, impossible task. Better off not running it, in my opinion, because then you set yourself up for a potential return, Auburn, Alabama style, kick six style. So that was one of the things on special teams. The trick field goal was amazing, too. Well executed, well designed. The Patriots were clearly not expecting anything of the sort. And how about Jalen Tolbert making the tackle as the gunner on the play? That was also a very cool moment, really leaving the Patriots in an awkward spot there on special teams after the punt. But Jalen Tolbert was fast in that play and showing how physical he can be. Big game for Jalen Tolbert, in my opinion. Maybe bigger than it seemed just based on the on the stats, but still... Four for four, 53 yards, plus that big-time play on special teams. Happy for Jalen, man. Really happy for him. I had to enjoy that for sure. And other than that, I want to see more from Hunter Lipke. I think he's a guy that he can win with in short yardage situations. So good stuff overall from the Cowboys, in my opinion, today. Enjoy this for what it is. It's a blowout win. Big game coming up. Two things can be true. Two things can be true. One, this was a very cool blowout win that the Cowboys really showed off in, in offense, defense, on special teams. Even if there's 
details like the red zone struggles to really decipher yet. And number two, this maybe does not mean a whole lot going into the 49ers game. You still need to see it against the Niners. You still see you still need to see that mentality that we sometimes miss from the Cowboys, right? All that talk, like the, the Niners are going to be ready, and we know that. We do not know for sure if the Cowboys are going to, because in the past, they have let us down a little bit in those spots. So it's going to be about that, in my opinion, just the Cowboys showing that all the hype really is legit. By the way, 3.5-point underdogs entering that week four game, that week five game. 3.5-point underdogs. That's not a whole lot. That's not a whole lot since a road game. Three points is kind of like the standard bet between two teams that are created equal. So three and a half, close game expected by Vegas and the odds makers. <laughs> I'm not going to say the F word again. Didn't even say it once. I saved it. I saved it. I saved myself from what would have been potential chaos. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning into the show. Let's watch some Sunday night football and let's watch some cuts to Taylor Swift in between as well. It's fun. I'm, I'm going to say it's fun. Like you got to enjoy it. Some people are complaining about it. Honestly, I'm enjoying the heck out of that saga. It's just fun for football and it's fun for the fans and it's bringing fans into the sport. So I, I got to. I gotta enjoy it. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, what am I supposed to watch? Zach Wilson play football? Nah. Give us the Taylor Swift cut-ins in the show. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. Do me a favor and hit the like button. Hit the thumbs up for me because that puts the show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. And that is the single biggest thing that you can do to support the show and support me. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. And I'll see you Tomorrow, 8 p.m. Central. Thank you to Kevin, Inez, Ronnie, Bob, Marcus, Gregory, all of you guys. Thank you for tuning in to the show. Joey Bella. I'll see you el día de mañana. Muchísimas gracias. Bye-bye.